Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Greetings from Apostolic Faith Tabernacle in Mountain View, Missouri. Uh, it's going to have a wonderful time in the Lord. I know there's just a handful here, but hopefully there's a, a lot of people watching today. Uh, we want you to be encouraged that God is our refuge. And man, he is our strength today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to just read the word today. In Psalms 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and, the, and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raised, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The host, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he had made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, amen. I'm so thankful for the word of God. I'm so thankful for the presence of God today. Amen. Just be encouraged today that God is our refuge. He is a very present help in trouble. Amen. No matter what circumstances comes our way, God will still help you. He will still guide you and give you peace in the midst of your storm. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad today that the Lord is with us. We're going to go in prayer in just a few minutes. And then we're going to get started with our service. But I am so glad today that we get to use the media who the adversary used for a long time to distract people and to get, get them just caught up in everything. But today throughout the world, uh, there are many churches gathering together on Facebook Live today. Amen. And we're going to take the authority that God has given us. Amen. And we're going to take our cities. We're going to take our nation. Amen. Because the church cannot be stopped. Amen. It's going to continue to grow, continue to prosper because of the God who we serve. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm excited what God's about to do. But today, we're going to pray for all them that are sick today. Pray for my wife, uh, Melissa Williams. She is home. She is sick. And uh, pray for Gabe. This is Brother Darren's son. Gabriel, he needs prayer. He heard he's sick too. Amen. And 
Who else is sick? Amen. I don't know. But God knows we're going to pray for them all. Amen. And to those that would be weak today, we'll pray that God would give you strength. Let's pray right now. Lord, we thank you today that we can come to you. Knowing that you are prayer answering God. We pray, Lord, you touch little Gabriel today. Touch his body, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for by your stripes we are healed. Touch my wife today. And everyone else that is sick and afflicted, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray that you would touch them in a mighty way. By your stripes we're healed. And all them that are in fear, all them that are weary, God, we pray that you would comfort them and give them boldness, Lord. Lord, watch over them and protect them and move in their life. And have your way today. Bless my pastor. Use him for your glory. Anoint this worship service. And to everybody's watching, Lord, I pray that you would Bless them with a great revival of their soul and mind today. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Worship with us as we worship the Lord.
and I were all sick. We were laying in a, hot, in a motel room. Couldn't hardly get up or anything. And I called my mom wanting sympathy. I thought, well, she would say, oh, Tanya, I'm so sorry you're all sick. And I wish I could do something. But instead, she told me, Tanya, you need to start singing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And I thought, Mom, here we are all sick, thousands of miles away from home, and I don't want to sing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. But you know what? After I got off the phone with her, me and Gary and Mary were laying at that bed, and we started singing this song. And when we did, God started moving, and that's when our situation changed. So this morning, I want you to join in with us and just sing this old chorus.
Praise the Lord. Thankful for the peace of God. It never changes. Situations can change. Things going on around us can change. But God never changes. Always has been, always will be the Prince of Peace. And I'm glad of that today. Look at all that has changed in our society and around the globe. All that's different from what it was seemingly just a few days ago. But in the midst of this, I believe there's going to be some good things that would come out of this. I believe in America there's going to be a renewed appreciation for the house of God. Yes, hallelujah. Up until recent days, church attendance and being with the body of Christ was something that was viewed as maybe not necessary. It was good and beneficial, uh, but it was just one of those discretionary things that we could we could do. But, but after all of this is over, and it will end, after all of this is over, there's going to be a renewed appreciation for the house of God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When all these bands and things are lifted, there's going to be some people that say, I was glad when they said unto me, I can go to the house of God. Uh, there are going to be those that would say, I'm glad that I can go to the restaurant, or I'm glad that I can go here, or I'm glad that I can go there. But there are going to be those that say, I'm going to be glad to go to the house of God. Right. So I believe with all of my heart, there's going to be a renewed appreciation for the things of God. There's going to be a renewed, renewed appreciation for the house of God. Um, I'm so glad that even in strange circumstances, I can I can feel the presence of the Lord. I was here at the church preparing last night and getting ready for the events of today. And um, I was reminded that it's been nearly 10 years ago when my wife and family and I first came to Mountain View. We were living in Nashville at the time. And at that time, we were planning to, to drive back and forth every other weekend until we could find a job and place to live here. But I remember the first weekend that we missed being here after we assumed the pastorate here. I remember looking at my wife and saying, you know what, I feel like I've left my kids with the babysitter. and I don't, I don't like it. I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. And after that, we made the decision. We drove back and forth every weekend. Uh, last night I was here and I knew that it was going to be a little bit different. I was going to be reaching out to pe- people through the media and miss us being able to gather together. And I look forward to the day that we're able to gather together in corporate worship again. I'm going to be reading from the book of Psalms this morning. Psalms chapter 137 is where I'll be reading. Psalms chapter 137 and verse number 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hang one of the songs of Zion. And verse 4 Verse 4 brings about their response. It says, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Question, or verse number 4, ask that question. said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So I'm just going to talk to us this morning, the few of us that are gathered here in the building, the rest of us over Facebook Live, about worship in a strange land. Worship in a strange land. So I'd ask that we pray, those of you at home, if you would join us in prayer, just ask that the Lord would speak to us in this house and in your homes today. 
Lord, you are a good God. In the middle of adversity and in the midst of trial, I know that you are still a good God. Lord, and I pray right now that you would be with us today, Lord, that you would speak to us in this place and in our homes, O oh Lord, that you would visit us, Lord, wherever we may be. Lord, let your word find its way into our heart and into our lives. Encourage us and refresh us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was thinking this morning about how quickly times change. That phrase carried a different meaning not that long ago. Um, throughout this week, I can't remember exactly what day it was this week, one of our girls was reading a book and the phrase come out and, and talking about a beeper. And they asked us, I think it was a beeper, maybe it was a pager, but, but it was, I think it was a pager that they said, well, what is a pager? Now, some of you may remember pagers, but try explaining to a preteen in the year 2020 what a pager is. If you give it to them in the context of current setting, it sounds very strange. You say, well, why would it be strange to describe that to them? Well, just tell them. It was kind of like a caller ID that you carry on your belt that you can't talk on. So basically you would get a phone call and it would give you a caller ID and, and then that was it. He said, well, what good was it? And we tried to explain to him, well, that gave you a number that you were supposed to go and call that number because somebody had a, had a message for you. Well, then that leads to the question, well, why don't they just call them on their cell phone? Well, did cell phones exist in that, that day? Oh, yeah, they existed, except they were about the size of a small briefcase, and they plugged in in the car. So if you weren't in the car, they couldn't couldn't call you wherever you were, and 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 they didn't know exactly where you were. What a wonderful day that was to live when people couldn't call you wherever you were at. Now I don't want to say too much about cell phones because I'm using one right now. Uh, if you've tried to text me or call me right now, I'm not supposed to be able to get it. My phone is set on do not disturb, so it doesn't mess up the stream. We are certainly living. In different times and how quickly times change. But in recent days, it has changed more quickly than I think any of us could have imagined. We are living in a strange land. If you were to look at the calendar, you would realize that it was exactly seven weeks ago today in America. Seven weeks ago, 49 days ago today in America, 62,000 people were allowed to gather in one place. 62,000 in one building. Of course, we know that those 62,000 people gathered together for the event that we know as the Super Bowl. So we went in a time from seven weeks to 62,000 people gathered together it was not considered strange. In fact, it was it was considered the norm, but it wasn't even the largest crowd that had ever assembled for a Super Bowl. There have been Super Bowls where there were over 100,000 gathered together in one place, but seven weeks ago in America, 62,000 people were gathered together in one place now in most places gatherings of over 10 have been banned how quickly things change how quickly times change see we are indeed living in a strange land the writer of the book of in psalms chapter 137 it said by the rivers 
of Babylon is how they describe that. We know those as the Tigris and the Euphrates today, but they said, by the rivers of Babylon we sat down. And they went on to say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, those, those places and those locations were not chosen by accident. And I think most of us could relate to the fact that they were living in a strange land because most of us today are trying to figure out how to live in a strange land. We're having to do things that are unfamiliar to us. We're having to do things that we're not used to doing. We're having to work from home. Some of us were having to school from home. You you can't walk into a McDonald's and buy a Happy Meal anymore. You've got to go drive-through only. Same thing could be said of banks. They're only open drive-through only. Social distancing has been put into place. You can't even go visit your grandparents in a nursing home anymore because of the restrictions that that have been put in place. We are living in a strange land. We are living in a land that we're not used to. We're living in a land that we're not familiar with. We're living in a land of confusion. That's right. So when they talked about sitting by the rivers of Babylon, if you look at the origins of Babylon in the Bible, you start to understand what the psalmist was saying. See, the origins of Babylon can be found in the book of Genesis, chapter number 11. Chapter number 11, verse 5, it is for most that have spent any time in church or Sunday school, it is a familiar story, but verse 5 says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had builded. They were saying... We're going to build us a tower that we may reach even unto heaven. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and and they all have one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language. That's the key word right there. Confound. Confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. A lot of us in recent days have heard some things that we don't understand. We've heard things talking about infection rate and inflection points and flattening the curve. There's things that we have not understood. God said in the book of Genesis chapter 11 that I'm going to go down and I'm going to confound their language. I'm going to make it where they don't understand. I'm going to confuse them. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. If you add just two letters to that in the English vernacular, they babble on. Some of you have talked about your children, how they just babble on and on and on and on. Start to say something about spouses, but I'll leave that alone today. We've got enough stress and strife in the land. So therefore, it is the name of it called Babel. The word Babel there means confusion. It is the root word of the word Babylon. Genesis chapter 11, when they built the Tower of Babel, it was the beginning of Babylon. It was the beginning of confusion. When you see the word Babel and later on its variation of Babylon, it refers, and by its definition, it refers to confusion. So when the writer of Psalms said, we sat down by the rivers of Babylon, he was saying, I'm sitting in a land that I'm confused. And when I look around, I don't know what is going on. I'm looking around and I don't understand what has happened to me. I don't understand what's happened to my country. 
I don't understand what's happened to my job. I don't understand what's happening to my family and my friends. Everything that I'm familiar with has been stripped away from me. Everything that I knew before this day has been is, is disappearing. I don't know anything that's going on around me. How did I end up in this land of Babylon? You can look at you and say, say, how do the people of God end up sitting by the rivers of Babylon? Now, I'm not about to tell you this morning that I believe the coronavirus is the hand of God. I'm not going to tell you that, that it's judgment. I'm not going to tell you all of that. I, for one, I don't know. There's no way that I can proclaim what God's mind is. I have enough problems figuring out what I'm doing, much less trying to figure out what God's doing. God's going to do what He needs to do without my help. I promise you that. But we look at this and we question sometimes, and there is no doubt about the fact that there were people of God that sat by the rivers of Babylon. I'm not going to preach to you some prosperity message this morning so if you live for God, you don't ever have to worry about things going bad in your life. I'm going to tell you that in this life you may have tribulation you may have trouble that's why it is that the people of God it is so vital for you to know what it is that you believe and not it is for you that you stand for because when the storms of this life may blow and when trouble may come your way you're going to need an anchor that you can hang on to I'm not telling you that the people of God don't have trouble what I am preaching to you this morning though is that the people of God can have an anchor that they would hold on to in the midst of confusion but when you read in Psalms chapter 137, how is it that the people of God sat by the river of confusion? They sat in that place. Many of you are asking the question, how did we get here? You can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 20. And interestingly enough, it came out of a time of sickness. It came out of a time that... that that things were, were not going well. Many of us can relate to the fact that because of out of sickness, confusion comes. The entire country is dealing with what arises out of sickness and what arises when, when people are worried about their health. If you've ever dealt with a family member that, is, that has been very sick, you know that that is a place of confusion. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 12 says, And at that time, there was a man that I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, except to tell you that he was a king of Babylon. He sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, the king of Judah. For he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Confusion, the king of confusion. The king of Babylon reached to Hezekiah because he had heard that there was sickness. I'm going to tell you, I will proclaim this to you today, that in the midst of sickness, the king of confusion will try to come in. The king of confusion will come in and try to, try to distract. Though we've got to remember who it is that is our healer. It is true that Hezekiah had been sick. You can read about it in the beginning of that chapter that Hezekiah had been sick. And, and the man of God even came to him and said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. Now, as a preacher, my job is supposed to be to encourage people. And I've tried to encourage people the last week to ten days. But the last thing you really want when you're sick is preacher to come in and look and say, man, you look terrible. You're fixing to die. You want him to tell you, oh, I've heard from the Lord you're going to be better. But he came to him and said, you know what? You're going to die. 
But you find something interesting that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. He prayed unto God. And before the preacher even got out of the house, the Word of God came to him and said, you go back and tell him that I've heard his prayer and that he's going to live. Hezekiah is going to live. The king of Babylon had heard that, that he was sick. And that's why he wanted to come in. Somebody, you need to receive that Word today and take in your spirit and tell the king of Babylon that's trying to come in and say, you know what? Through the prayer of God's people, we're going to live. The church is going to make it through this thing. My family is going to make it through. Now, I don't know exactly how, but we're going to come through this time of confusion. You're not going to kill the church. not going to put the church out of business. Not going to push the church all off to the side. We're going to make it through this thing, but it's only going to be through the prayers of the people. But the king of Babylon come in, and you can read on in 2 Kings chapter 20 that Hezekiah hearkened unto them. And he went through and he showed them all the things in his house, the precious things, the, the silver, the gold, the spices, his precious ointment, all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, the Bible says, that he did not show them. The same preacher came to him that told him he was going to die and then came and told him that he was going to live. That same preacher came to him and asked him, so what did you show this king of confusion? What did you surrender over to him when he was in your presence? And he went on to him and said, what you surrendered to him, rest assured that there's going to come a day that he's going to come back for it. All the treasures, all the silver, all the gold, all the ointment, all the worship, all the praise that you surrender to him. There's going to be a day that he's going to come in and try to claim what is his own. And he's not going to stop there. Because if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. He's not just going to stop at the gold and the silver and the ointment and the spices. He's going to come for your young men. He's going to come for your children. He's going to try to pull them into a lifestyle that you never could have envisioned. Be careful what you allow in in a time of confusion. If you keep reading in the Word of God, the book of Daniel sums it up pretty well. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 it says, In the third year of the reign, the king of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And he goes on to tell that he took away all of those things that the prophet of God had said. said the vessels of the treasures the house of Israel, the vessels of the house of God. And he went and put them in the house of his God, took away King seed, took away his children, took away all those wonderful things in that land of faith, took all of those things and he took them into the land of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. It is because one king, one king, had allowed for just a moment. You could say it was his pride. You could say it was whatever. But for whatever reason, for just one moment, he entertained that confusion. Because of it, generations later, the children of Israel would be sitting beside the rivers of Babylon saying, how shall we sing the songs of our God in a strange land? How do you, how do you, how do you praise God in times like People are worried today. They don't know how their business is going to work out. They don't know how their job is going to work out. Worried about the economy. Worried about family. Worried about health. What grieves me as much as anything is those that are dying, but those that are dying, the, the families can't even go to the funerals. 
They can't even get closure for risk of spreading the disease. It's a time of of confusion. People are looking around saying, what in the world is was going on? Where is God in a time like this? How can I praise God when, when this is going on? Now, of course, the current events of our day have brought this to the forefront of our mind, but, but there's other things that you've dealt with. We've lost loved ones. You've had hurt. Or marriage and families have come apart. You say, how can I worship God in a time like this? I, I, I don't see anything to worship God about. I don't see anything to praise God for. I don't see anything to exalt Him for. I, how can I worship God in a, in a time like this? I'll tell you how you can worship God in a time like this. I can relate, and if you've read in the book of Daniel, you, you know about Daniel. You know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Daniel chapter 3 starts off by telling us that Nebuchadnezzar, he had made a great image. Huge. His height was three score cubits and his breadth thereof six cubits. And if you don't know exactly how big that is, I'll tell you, it's really big. Set it up in the plain and all the people were going to come and worship. Because you worship strange things in confusion. Go on in verse 5 and he said, you're going to watch, you're going to hear the music. When you hear the music, you better fall down and worship this image that I've set up. And whoever doesn't fall down in worship, you're going to be cast into the fire. So the temptation in times of confusion is to compromise what you know to be true. Just so you don't get thrown into the fire even in the midst of your confusion. So I can imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sitting there. They're godly men. They've proven that in Daniel chapter 1 when they refused to partake of meat that was offered to idols. They were doing their best to serve God in a strange land where I'm sure there were those around them that had been compromised and had been bound down to things. They were trying to stand strong and I'm sure that they were saying within themselves, this is not how it's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be put into the midst of a paying and worship ceremony. I was created to worship God. I was created to stand in the temple of God. And now I'm standing in a strange land in a strange ceremony. This isn't how it's supposed to be. What you're dealing with today, I assure you, it's not how it's supposed to be. What you're feeling in your heart, that fear and anxiety that's taking hold of you, I promise you, it's not how you're supposed to be. It's not how it's supposed to be. This isn't the, God, the plan that God has for you. It could be that this is part of the trial that we have to, to walk through. But I promise you, God desires good things for you. It's not how it's supposed to be. And you can read in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know if it's but just because they've had enough. But... People have questioned where was Daniel during this time. All sorts of things. All I know is what the Word of God says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But they said, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, 
that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Somewhere, somehow, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I don't know what the next day may bring. I don't know what tomorrow may bring my way. But I can tell you what it will not bring. It will not be bring me bowing down to an idol. If that means I have to die to defend what I believe, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not bowing down. If I die... I die, but I'm going to promise you, O King, I will not bow down to that idol. I'm sick of living in this strange land. And if God wants to deliver me through the fiery furnace, it's up to Him. But I promise you, I'm sick of where I'm living. How am I supposed to sing the Lord's song in a strange land? We're saying, I'm created for worship. I know what true worship is. True worship is not bowing down in some king's court somewhere to some false idol. True worship is designed for the, for the king of kings. I'm not going to bow down here. I can't do it here. So they had drawn a line in the sand and said, we're not going any further. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, and and you know the story that they were bound in their coats and their, their garments and they were thrown in the midst of the fiery furnace. The king was so mad that he made it hotter and even killed the men that that threw him into the fiery furnace. It was so hot. But my word for you today is this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego discovered something in the fire that they had never discovered in comfort. They came across something in that fire that they didn't even discover When they were standing in the king's court and said, we refuse to be defiled with the portion of the king's meat. They discovered something there that they had questioned while they were being led into that land of captivity. How am I going to, how am I going to sing the songs of Zion? How am I going to sing the songs of our God while I'm living in this place of confusion? They discovered something in the midst of the fire that they didn't realize before. They discovered that God reigns even in Babylon, even in the midst of confusion, there is a God that can step foot on the scene. There is a God that can step foot into your situation, even in the midst of the fire, and let you know, honey, it's okay. I'm still in charge. You look at what happened. The king, he was astonished. He was astonished. He rose up in haste. He talked to the people around and said, hey, didn't we throw three people in? Of course, those three, they, they had seen what happened to people that disagree. Oh, yeah, King, you threw in three. You know, three million, five hundred, it don't matter. Whatever you say goes, King. He said, didn't I throw in three people? And he answered and said, lo, I see four loose walking in the midst of fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, catch this next part. What I find interesting. They were loose, but they had made a decision that they weren't coming out of the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at that point in time could have walked out of the fire anytime they wanted. Because they were loose already in the fire. To me, what they're saying is that I would rather walk through the fire in the presence of God than to get out of the flame and leave His presence. If that means i got to be in the midst of the fire to found the presence of God, I'm just going to leave myself here. Burn on, O King. i found something in this fire that you don't understand in your throne room. i found the presence of God in this fire. Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth and said, Hey, y'all come out. They were just walking around in there. 
Somebody said, come on in. The fire's fine. So some of you are asking your question. How can I praise God in this mess? How can I praise God in the middle of this problem? How can I praise God in the midst of this confusion? How can I praise God when all this is going on around me? My job is on the line. Confusion at every turn. Every time I check the news, the numbers are climbing. Every day people are scared and on the border of hysteria. How do I worship God in this? I will tell you how. And that is in the midst of the fire, some of you are going to find out that God reigns. I've got good news for somebody this morning that you're walking in confusion. You're fixing to find a relationship with God that you never had before. You're fixing to find a nearness with the King of Kings that you've never experienced prior to this day because you're going to discover that God reigns in the midst of the fires of confusion. When you think you're about to be swallowed up, when you think that you're about to be destroyed by all that's going on around you, you're going to find that there's a king that's really going to step foot on the scene. There's a king that's been saying he's in charge, but you're really going to find out who's in charge. There's a God that's going to step foot on the scene. And when it happens, when it happens, That God of confusion is going to have to bow down. Some of you have dealt with confusion and fear a long time in your life. But you're going to find out if you'll turn to God in the midst of your fire. If you'll turn to God in the midst of your turmoil. If you'll turn to God in the midst of your confusion. You'll find a presence of God that will comfort you. That will make even Nebuchadnezzar bow down and speak. And say, blessed be the God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. A while ago we sang it, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. The king said, he delivered his servants that trust in him. My word to you today is trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. When you think you've run out of options, if you'll trust in the Lord, He's going to step foot on the scene. When you think that it's all fixing the end, just trust in the Lord. If you don't know what you're going to do, I encourage you today, just just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord. He's going to come to somebody in the midst of your fire telling you today to do something foolish like reach out towards your computer screen or monitor but if you're if you're gathered with somebody today I think right now as this praise team begins to prepare to lead us in worship once again I think it'd be a good time for you to just join together with somebody and say you know what we're going to make it through this because I think as powerful as anything is that the word of God didn't say when they threw Shadrach into the fire they threw Abednego into the fire. It said they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. They went into it together. See, the enemy would like to have you to believe today that you're in this on your own. But even though we may be separated by distance and geography, we are gathered together in spirit. 
we're in this fire together. And I have to believe that where two or three are gathered together in my name, the Bible says, there I am in the midst of them. I have to believe in the midst of this. God is going to step foot on the scene of your fire. If you just bind together, if you just call on the name of Jesus, He will step foot into your fire. He'll step foot into your situation. So right now would be a good time to entertain the presence of the Lord.
before we sign off today, there's something that we do here every week at Apostolic Faith Tabernacle, and that's that we pray for the backslider. Not because we're praying God's judgment or anything like that. It's because we love you. And if you're watching today, I'm telling you it's time to come home. And I can tell you this, that you will be welcome in the Father's house. Because there's bread for you in the Father's house. So as we sign off today, we're going to do this the same way. That we close what would normally be our Sunday night service. We're going to pray for the backslider. That God would lead you back home. God, we love you and we thank you so much. Lord, for your presence that we have felt even today. Lord, but I know that there are those that are hungry for this presence. Lord, I pray right now that you would reach to them. If they'd be watching today, that you would reach into their home and that you'd begin to draw them. Remind them that they are welcome in the Father's house. Lord, help us that are here to be standing with arms open wide to welcome them back in. Lord, I pray right now that you would guide them back home. Renew the relationship that you had with them. Lord, continue to bless in our midst, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed today. Take comfort. God is still in control.